Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Jewish Reaction, presented by the OU, the Orthodox Union. My name is Eli Hagler. I'm the Associate Director of Yachad, and I'm excited to be with you for the next hour or so right here on the Nachum Siegel Network at NachumSiegel.com. Of course, you can catch us here every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. as we try to bring you a little bit of humor, a little bit of entertainment, and just conversations and music about what's happening uh, in the broad uh, Jewish community. Uh, this week and for the next couple of weeks, we're going to be featuring the upcoming OU convention scheduled for the end of December to take place in Tarrytown, New York. And we look forward to having a number of the uh, speakers uh, joining us uh, on the show to talk about the OU convention as a whole and just general issues and topics related uh, to the broad Jewish community. I'm very excited uh, today to introduce my guest is Ambassador Norman L. Eisen, who is was the former ambassador to, of the United States uh, to the Czech Republic, and we'll talk a little bit about what Ambassador Eisen has done and served over a number of years as he served our country and the broad Jewish community. Uh, but Ambassador Eisen, welcome to the Jewish Reaction. Thank you, Ellie. I'm very honored to be here. i got to tell you, it's really great to have you. I think you're the first uh, Washington-type person I've had on the show in the year and a half uh, that I've been doing it. So I think it's very exciting that we're branching out uh, to all the way down south, as I like to call it sometimes. <laughs> well, uh, now that um, now that the word is out that uh, Washington types are welcome on the program, I'm sure you'll be bombarded by requests. Oh, I have absolutely no doubt. Just to give everybody a little bit of background, um, Ambassador Norman L. Eisen was the U.S. Ambassador to the Czech Republic from January 2011 to August uh, 2014, and has also served in the White House as a special assistant to the president and special counsel to the president. Of course, I speak of uh, President Obama. And I thought one very interesting other point to note is that you're also the co-founder of Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington. Ethics in Washington go together? That happens? <laughs> well, we know in uh, in the Jewish world and in Yiddishkeit, uh, that uh, that ethics are the at the core of everything we do, and in fact, my co-founder, my other co-founder of Crew of Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington, is also a, uh, a from Jew, uh, a Torah observant Jew, uh, Louis Mayberg. So the two of us, uh, motivated uh by our Jewish values, our Jewish ethics, uh started that organization many, many years ago. I think it's tremendous. I think it's incredible. Um Ambassador Eisen, I gotta tell you when I first read your bio and I was looking into different topics related to this conversation, the first thing that jumped out at me is that you as a Jew was that you're the U.S. ambassador to the Czech Republic, which I know for myself, I don't typically associate as a Jewish country. Of course, Prague is in the Czech Republic and there's tremendous Jewish history um, in Prague. But my, my, my first thought was, what was it like being Jewish and spending a considerable amount of time in the Czech Republic? What was that like? Uh, well, um it was uh, it was a great uh, it was a great honor uh, because as you know Ellie the first of all the long Jewish history including uh, uh, one of our greatest Jewish uh, sages the Maharal uh, of Prague uh, Prague was actually uh, in the 17th and 18th centuries uh, one of the two largest uh, Jewish population cities. 
in the entire world. Do you want to guess what the other one was? I'm going to say Jerusalem, but I don't even know if that's right. Uh, it's geographically close. You could do worse. Um, the other one was Baghdad. As oh, interesting. The center of the, as the center of the Sephardic Jewish world and, and Prague for the, uh, for the Ashkenazi Jewish world. Uh, the, um, uh, so Prague has a very important Jewish history, and in fact, when the new country of Czechoslovakia was formed after World War I, uh, with a tremendous hand from President Woodrow Wilson, the American president, and the great Czech uh, leader and first president of that country, uh, Tomasz Masaryk, a great champion fighting anti-Semitism, a great champion of the Jews, the Jews were one of the important uh, ethnic groups, the important minority groups that made up the country. And I know this because my mother was born in the former Czechoslovakia and grew up uh, in that country. And, Ellie, what made it so moving and powerful for me to go back there as the American ambassador was that my mother uh, and her entire family were deported by the Nazis uh, in 1944, sent to Auschwitz. My mother uh, survived. Uh, my uh, grandfather, grandmother, my entire family uh, was murdered by the Nazis. And here I returned uh, to represent the mightiest uh, nation on earth. But not just that, not just that. The house that I lived in, where we lit the Shabbos lachter, we lit the Shabbos candles, we kept kosher. Uh, we observed the Chagim and Shabbat. That house was the Nazi Wehrmacht, the Nazi army headquarters during World War II. Wow, uh, that's so incredible. It was an incredible. So those are some of the reasons that it was such an incredible, such an incredible honor to uh, serve our country, uh, represent the United States as a uh, uh, Jewish Czech American uh, in Prague. Have you had the opportunity or the chance to go back to the Czech Republic before becoming the U.S. ambassador? Had you had a chance to I, go back to see where your mother came from, where your family came from before taking the role as U.S. ambassador? I traveled to Prague uh, at President Obama's invitation with him uh, in when I was working in the White House in 2010. Uh, when he made a trip to Prague, uh, I had the uh, uh, pleasure of going to law school with President Obama. So I've known him since 1988, and he was kind enough to include me on his trip to Prague. That was the first time we had gone back uh, after the history that the family <laughs> suffered there. My mother came back, surviving Auschwitz, almost everyone else murdered. My mother came back. And then she fled the communists all over again, just four years later, after after surviving the Shoah. Uh, so the, no one in the family had been back till I went back with the president in 2010. Uh, that was my first trip back uh, shortly, uh, uh, less than a year before I became ambassador. Wow. Before going back, when you moved into the house that was part of the, the, the German and the Nazi um, house area. Did you know that that's where you were going to be living and spending the next few years? That's such a tremendous, let's say, overcoming of obstacles that you representing, let's say, the Jews have been able to make to get to that point now 
60 or 70 years later? Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem. Uh, uh, I did know the history of the house, but I will tell you, I did not imagine what it would actually be like the, the neither the highs or the lows of living in a Jewish house, because the family that built the house uh, was a Jewish family, living in a Jewish house that was taken over by the Nazis uh, and, um, and living there uh, uh, Jewishly. Wow. I mean, it, must, it must have been so incredible to experience that, um, you know, from, from all sides.
gave us all these years Now the memories
Listening to the Jewish reaction right here on the Nachum Siegel Network, presented by the OU, the Orthodox Union. My name is Ellie Hagler. I'm the associate director of Yachad, and I have the great privilege and pleasure of speaking with Ambassador Norman Eisen, uh, the ambassador, the U.S. ambassador or former uh, U.S. ambassador to the Czech Republic, uh, who will be one of a number of very noted authors and presenters at the upcoming OU convention uh, at the end of the month. You can go to ou.org/convention. Uh, for more information about the program and to see a list of these tremendous speakers. But I'm very honored and excited that Ambassador Eisen uh, has taken the time to speak with us today. Um, Ambassador Eisen, moving forward in terms of continuing to talk about the Czech Republic and your role and relationship there, um, everyone knows the Czech Republic, the surrounding area, you know, obviously going back to World War II, was very unfriendly uh, to the Jewish people. You know, bordering just with Germany and Poland alone What's it like living there, or what's the Jewish community that might still be left in the Czech Republic now in relation to knowing that Germany is right across the border, Poland is right across the border? What's the Jewish life like now in the Czech Republic? Uh, there is a uh, Jewish community, about 3,000 or so who are members of the Jewish community, and my my family and I joined official joined the official Jewish community in Prague, and about another 2,000 outside of Prague for a total of 5,000 members of the Czech Jewish community, uh, and then there's uh, many other Jews. We don't know how many. At least another 5,000, um, probably more than that. Uh, who uh, are not members, but but who are Jewish, a very small number who are observant, who try to abide by uh, halacha, by Jewish law, and, and the uh, uh, so that makes it challenging for those of us who need to get uh, kosher meat, kosher food, uh, for getting. Um, Minyanim together in the Vachan prayer quorum during the week. Uh, that's uh, that's a little more challenging, but we managed to do it. You know, uh, the uh, uh, there's a uh, the Czech uh, community, the official uh, Czech community. There's a wonderful Chabad uh, 
that is there as well. And, and I really I, I thank Hashem for uh, Chabad uh, in my uh, tefillos every day uh, because they, wherever I go in the world, there's a, there's a Chabad. Uh, in fact, the closest shul to me where I live in Washington, D.C., is the uh, the Chabad that is run by uh, Rabbi Levi Shemtov. Uh, Levi is also the mashkiach for the uh, White House uh, Hanukkah parties. And uh, liked to joke when I was working in the White House, uh, he liked to joke that my White House job uh, was as the president's postic. Uh-huh. I was the uh, halachic decisor on issues, of course, of uh, secular law. Uh, for the uh, for the White House, so um, so it was challenging, but with the help of the Czech Jewish community, currently led by uh, Rabbi David Peter, uh, the uh, Chabad that was there, uh, led by uh, Rav Manis Barash, uh, and the rest of the Eden who were observant, and the whole Jewish community, we somehow we managed to get by. So what, what do you think the future holds for the Jews and the Jewish community of the Czech Republic over the next, let's say, 5, 10, 20 years? Is, is, does it have the ability to thrive, or is it more going to maintain where it is, or are people at some point going to leave and maybe go to Israel, come to America, or go anywhere else because it's just not working out there? Uh, I will. Um, I will support... Uh, the uh, the Jews uh, wherever they are in the world, and you know it is one of the amazing things about Claudius Yisrael about the Jewish community that um, uh, that wherever you go you find some uh, large or small uh, almost anywhere you go in the world you find some Jewish footprint. Uh, I think that there are challenges not just for the Czech Jews, but for European Jewry in general. Uh, certainly we've seen the uh, resurgence of anti-Semitism across Europe. That's uh, a deeply troubling phenomenon. Uh, that hasn't been as uh, 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 severe uh, in Prague, although we've had incidents of neo-Nazi marches um, the skinheads uh, marched uh, next to me one time when I was uh, in a parade, marching in a parade. And we had Holocaust deniers. We had a Holocaust denier who, um, with his uh, party, his group, marched on my embassy um, to deliver a letter of protest. Swastikas painted on buildings, defacing buildings, uh, cemetery desecrations, Jewish cemeteries uh, uh, desecrated. So we had some incidents in the Czech Republic, but very serious incidents across Europe. Uh, Your listeners will be familiar with the canal, the uh, reverse uh, Sig Heil, Hitler's salute that the French youth are doing. Uh, with the extreme far-right and far-left politicians who have been uh, elected across Europe, with places where brit milah, circumcision, where kashrut, kosher uh, food uh, uh, certification, shechita, uh, kosher slaughter, humane kosher slaughter, have all been forbidden sometimes by law. So uh, it's challenging. Uh, as my mother used to say to me when when she was uh, living 
Uh, it's difficult to be a Jew. And I think that's uh, more true than ever in Europe. But I do think some uh, Jewish community will, some remnant will hang on uh, in, uh, uh, in Europe and including in Prague. So I think you, you said it just right. I think, you know, now is a scarier time, you know, than maybe any time in the last, certainly in the last 20 and 30 years for European Jewry. And that would have been my next question that you just brought up is what's the attitude of the Czech Republic as a country and as a government towards the Jews and towards Israel and towards the possibility of maybe having a dual state or creating a Palestinian state? What's the Czech government's attitude towards those things? Uh, the Czechs are the most um, uh, pro-Israel uh, of the European uh, countries, the closest ally. Um, the Prime Minister Netanyahu came to Prague uh, twice while I was there. Uh, most of the Czech um, government uh, traveled to Israel, and in fact the two governments started having joint cabinet meetings while I was there. So it's a very close ally. Uh, the current uh, Czech president has been outspoken in uh, uh, defending Israel. Um, the government has changed from a center-right to a center-left government, uh, and so the, the new government is, uh, is uh, more in alignment with the traditional uh, European center-left views, but still uh, more favorable than many others uh, to the uh, to the state of Israel. So the Czechs have been a good friend uh, of the Israelis, and I'm, uh, I'm hopeful that that will continue. I certainly did everything in my power as advocating for the strong pro-Israel uh, foreign policy of the United States to facilitate that. And I was very proud that during my time there, the Czechs were the only EU member to vote when the UN had its vote on uh, Palestinian statehood, the only EU member to vote no together with the United States. Wow. Call a good vote to you. I think just being there and having a presence there is so important because it's just so easy for, let's say, a gang mentality uh, to form. You know, you see it every day in, you know, small things in terms of just community or school or, or, or synagogues. You see the gang mentality can rally one on top of the other, and it's so important and so hard to be that one outspoken, to be that one outsider still fighting for what they believe in and not just joining in the fray and just joining with everybody else. I think it's truly incredible. Show. 
You're listening to the Jewish Reaction right here on the Nachum Siegel Network, presented by the OU, the Orthodox Union. My name is Eli Hagler. I'm the Associate Director of Yachad, and I'm honored to be being joined by uh, Ambassador Norman L. Eisen, who will be speaking at the upcoming OU convention. Of course, you can find out more information online at ou.org slash convention. Uh, Ambassador Eisen, uh, another question that I wanted to bring up and talk to you about is, of course, the the tremendous amount of time and closeness and opportunity that you've had to work with uh, President Obama. Um, Have you seen over the last number of years that President Obama has been in office that his attitude and or understanding towards Israel has either changed and or adapted over the course, or he's been steadfast from day one in terms of the importance of backing and being in rela- and positive relationship and being an ally towards Israel going forward? Uh, well, Ellie, I just have spent uh, uh, two days uh, at the Saban Forum, Chaim Saban um, is uh, the sponsor of an annual uh, get-together to talk about Israel-U.S. relations at uh, Brookings in Washington, D.C., where I'm a visiting fellow. And so was with um, uh, uh, all of the uh, senior policymakers. Uh, I'm fortunate to, to call my friends inside and outside of government. Secretary of State Kerry, the vice president, was there. Uh, Joe Lieberman, uh, Senator Lieberman, my, uh, uh, my dear friend, his wife Hadassah, who actually was born in Prague, had the pleasure of, uh, Joe and Hadassah visiting me for two Shabbats that we spent together while I was serving as ambassador and many, many others. And I think the consensus was that under President Obama, uh, the day-to-day uh, nitty-gritty of the Israel-U.S. Uh, relationship has achieved heights that it has never uh, before attained in security cooperation, in intelligence cooperation, of course, in Iron Dome, uh, in uh, uh, having Israel's back at the U.N. and in international organizations. Obviously, as the vice president said, uh, there are always going to be, like in any marriage, uh, uh, ups and downs in the day-to-day, but I think that President Obama's views are reflected by the strength of the underlying unbreakable bond between these two countries. I know myself, with my family history, my parents actually met and married in Israel uh, after the Second World War. I lived in Israel uh, for a year. I went to yeshiva in Israel. I continue to go back all the time, several times a year. Uh, a great deal of mishpucha, a great deal of family in Israel, that um, uh, the safety and security and prosperity of Israel is so, so important to me. And uh, and I can vouch that uh, President Obama feels uh, a great sense of strength and friendship and closeness uh, to, uh, uh, to the state of Israel. I think it's beautiful. Do, do you think being in the White House so much and getting to spend so much time there do you ever have a sense of, I don't know, I'm not sure what the right word is, maybe brotherhood or camaraderie, the fact that there were a number of Jews there, let's say yourself, Jack Lew, and whoever else spent considerable time in the White House, was there some type of camaraderie or feeling amongst the Jews within the White House? Uh, there was a wonderful, uh, uh, and still is, uh, a wonderful uh, group of uh, uh, of Jewish colleagues, as well as non-Jewish ones, in the White House. And 
the we were we were blessed so when I arrived in the White House also in working on the campaign with David Axelrod uh it was uh, he was the, uh, the the person who I stayed very close to I just spoke to David in fact uh, uh shortly before uh, coming on your program today Rahm Emanuel now the mayor of Chicago was the chief of staff uh when I was there uh, and Jack uh, Lou, now the Treasury Secretary, is a very dear friend of ours. And so um, uh, it's a wonderful chevra, a wonderful group of friends. Uh, and we try to bring a little bit of that Yiddish neshama, of that Jewish spirit, uh, to the way we do things, including, of course, to my, to my ethics work. And we extend that uh, ecumenically, uh, both to uh, Jews and non-Jews alike. But yes, there was a wonderful feeling of kinship among everyone who worked there. Well, particularly, that, that, <clears throat> sure, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say particularly those that tough experience uh, of going through a presidential campaign together. There's nothing like that. Uh, you know, it, it builds. You build those relationships in the trenches. And then dealing with the uh, financial crisis uh, of um, uh, of uh, 2008 and 2009 and 2010, and now seeing the fantastic uh, uh, starts of a recovery, still ways to go, but the job creation, we're now starting to see some wage growth, the financial regulatory reform has strengthened our capital markets. So I think there's also a pride and a camaraderie in having done things to make uh, to make our country better. Won't you gather around my friends and listen to my tale? It's a lesson about life itself and how I learned it well. Cause you think you know the answers and things are the way they seem. But I found out it just ain't so From the ribby of Lublin You see, I worked as the shamus For this ribby from Lublin I'd wash his clothes and shine his shoes Keep his house real clean But one thing that I did not like About this job of mine Was cooking him his daily meals And serving them right on time you see, the Rebbe would come home from shul each day and sit down in his seat. And he'd say, Rebbe, I shall I love, could I have a little bite to eat? Cause you sustain all mankind with your goodness and your grace. And right on cue, I'd come on out and put his food down in its place. So now you know what got me mad, why it's plain as day to see. I say his food don't come from heaven, but from the cook, and that's me. So I schemed and I conspired to set this Rebbe straight. Tomorrow there won't be no food to put down on his plate. Now the Rebbe left to go to shul early morning that next day. When a tearful man approached him, stood in the Rebbe's way. My wife is ill, he cried out, there's no hope for her life. The Rebbe said, I'll pray for her, with God's help she'll be all right.
Debbie of Lublin came home from show like any other day. And he sat down at the table. I could hear him start to pray. I came out with his empty tray and said, this is what you've been praying for. But with the last words of his prayer, came a knocking at the door. Standing in the doorway was a man whose eyes did shine. Rebbe, it's a miracle. My wife, she's feeling fine. Please accept this little gift to show our gratitude. Well, I'm sure by now you guessed it, folks. It was a package filled with food. The Rebbe would come home from shul each day and sit down in his seat. And he'd say, Rebbeinah, shall I love? Could I have a little bite to eat? Cause you sustain all mankind with your goodness and your grace. And right on cue, I'd come on now. You can bet your bottom dollar I would come on out. And put his food down in its place. Giant standing tall And his son No so small They shared a dream To see the king They hungered For the day And hurried on their way As they neared The two despair a wall rose to the skies Above the giant's eyes Wait, my son, said he Climb upon me And after you arise You will be my eyes And we will do it, brothers, after us Giants wanted to So stand and take the credit We will be the ones to end it Though we're small, we're standing tall Like soldiers Riding high Cause we're on our father's shoulders Others were giants, righteous men. We are small compared to them. But our deeds, upon their deeds, together they will. 
will bring Moshiach our King Moshiach Giants wanted to So stand and take the credit We will be the ones to end it Though we're small, we're standing tall Like soldiers riding high Cause we're on our Father's shoulders Up to us to hammer home that final blow Father started long ago. I'm telling us to follow. Uh, you're listening to the Jewish Reaction right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. My name is Eli Hagler. I'm the Associate Director of Yachad, and I'm excited and honored to be joined by Ambassador Norman Eisen, who will be one of a number of speakers at the upcoming OU convention. Of course, you can go to ou.org slash convention to find out more about the convention itself. Uh, Ambassador Eisen, my, my last question for you, I think, is something that's going to change drastically in the next, um, you know, maybe decade or two. And that's really something that's been brought up a lot here at the OU, is the role of women in leadership positions within both the Jewish community and just the community. Um, you know, it's not so many years ago that there were not a lot of women in the workforce, but that obviously has changed a lot over the last 60, 50, 40, 30 years. Um, how far is it until we have a female as the president of the United States? How far is it until there are women who have much more prominent roles within the broad Jewish community. You know, before we were talking about Israel, and Israel was probably the, I mean, I could be wrong about this, but I don't know of another country that had a female uh, prime minister before Israel did with Golda Meir, of course, going back a number of years. What do you see the role as the woman in leadership, particularly within the Jewish community? Well, um, 
I believe that there are strong models uh, in Jewish history and in Tanakh uh, for female leadership, uh, that the Ashes uh, Chayel, uh, the woman of valor, which we sing uh, every week at the Sabbath table, uh, sets forth a model of Jewish female leadership. We haven't always, as a community, uh, lived up to uh, that uh, uh, concept of uh, uh, providing uh, those opportunities, but I'm so, so proud of the OU that within the context of uh, Jewish values, Jewish history, uh, and, uh, and, and Jewish tradition, uh, we are striving as a community, as a traditional observant community, uh, to uh, uh, allow every person, irrespective of their gender, uh, to have their fullest role uh, as Jewish leaders and uh, and as people. And so we will be. This will be one of the topics on the agenda. Uh, I can tell you that in my shul we have a woman president. So why not a woman president of the United States? I think that may be coming. Uh, that may be coming soon. And uh, and I think that uh, that there are uh, unlimited opportunities uh, for uh, women to lead uh, in our uh, in our community. And looking forward to that uh, to that next generation and to talking about ways to do that uh, with uh, with everyone at the convention. Oh, absolutely. I think I think that 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 point, you know, going forward, really transitions us as a whole, let's say, global society into a new. Uh, wave because the role of women has changed so drastically over the last 50 years. And the question is not going to be who's the best man for the job or who's the best woman for the job. The question is going to become who's the best person for the job. And if it happens to be a woman, great. If it happens to be a man, great. But the goal is to have the best people and the best responsibility that they can handle. I couldn't have said it any better myself. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, Ambassador Eisen, of course, is going to be joining us at the OU convention coming up at the end of the month. You can find out more information online at ou.org slash convention. Uh, Ambassador Norman L. Eisen, I want to thank you so much for joining us here on the Jewish Reaction, and we look forward to hearing from you in just a couple of weeks. Thank you. Thanks for having me. See you in a couple of weeks. I want to thank everybody so much for listening to us today right here on the Nachum Siegel Network as the OU presents the Jewish Reaction. My name is Ellie Hagler. I'm the Associate Director of Yachad. And just want a reminder, over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be featuring a number of the other speakers of the upcoming OU convention slated for the end of December in Tarrytown, New York. You can find out more information at ou.org slash convention. Uh, you can catch us here. Make sure every Tuesday morning from 9 to 10 as we try to bring you a little bit of entertainment, a little bit of excitement, and a little bit of information about our community. I want to thank you all for joining me. I want to wish everybody a wonderful week from all of us here at the Nachum Siegel Network at nachumsegel.com. Mm-hmm.